Well, good morning, friends. I'm glad you could be with me today in our Unfolding the Word time together. We're examining the scriptures verse by verse, and now we're in the midst of an extended study of 1 John. We're in the third chapter, and today I want to pick up the reading in verse 11 uh, through 15. We've been looking at these verses over the last couple of days. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We shouldn't be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. The context of our study, as you remember, just real quickly, in the third chapter, we've been examining the wonder of being called the children of God through our faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, the wonder of being in that privileged position. And we've also been examining some of the characteristics of those who actually are children of God because of their repentance and faith in the gospel. These verses that we're looking at today and have been looking at over the last couple of days examine the fact that a true child of God does not act like Cain. That's the undergirding idea throughout all of this. The context, of course, of that comment and that contrast that's being developed for us is Genesis chapter 4. And that relates to us the Cain and Abel episode very early in human history in that first generation following the expulsion from the garden of their parents, Adam and Eve. In that episode, the underlying issue was how does one find forgiveness for their sin? And make no mistake about it, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's been true since Adam and Eve's sin. Therefore, everybody needs to establish an answer to that question. How do I find forgiveness? Abel, in Genesis chapter 4, gave us the example of coming to God God's way. God had defined a way to at least temporarily cover the guilt of sin, and that was through blood sacrifice. Cain rejected that particular teaching, rejected what God said about it, and said, I'm going to come my own way. And as a result, he was not accepted. He did not find forgiveness. Last time, we began to look at some of the ways that Cain in Genesis 4 responded to that lack of acceptance from God over the issue of coming on his own terms. First of all, we talked about how he felt anger toward God. Uh, and that is really a characteristic of the fallen world. <clears throat> Whether people admit it or not, fundamentally, they're angry at God. And they're angry at God because of what God has revealed about himself. So then that anger, they go trying to create gods in their own image, create gods the way they want God to be, rather than accepting what God has revealed about himself. Secondly, we saw that Cain was rejecting the inner conviction about his sin, rejecting what God was doing within him to bring him to his senses. And closely tied to that, he rejected God's call to repentance. God said, listen, all's not over. You can be accepted if you'll come my way. And Cain refused to do that, even in the face of God's gracious challenge about it. 
and he continued on in his own way. Now, let's continue in our study. The fourth of the responses that we see in Genesis chapter 4 that are the backdrop to this point about Cain that God is making in 1 Corinthians, or I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 3, is that Cain turned the anger that he had toward God over this issue, and he turned that anger toward his brother, toward righteous Abel, as it puts it here. And when Abel's described that way, it's not described that way because Abel is sinless. He's described that way because Abel came to God God's way and found forgiveness for his sin. So he was righteous in that sense because of divine forgiveness. Now, why did Cain shift his anger from God toward his brother? Because this is the underlying point here. And the answer to that is very clear. Abel's very existence as an accepted person before God created a contrast that highlighted Cain's own sinfulness, his own unrepentant spirit, his own rejection of God's way. And that contrast that existed between he and his brother made him very uncomfortable and gradually, and maybe very quickly, began to make him resent the presence of his brother. I was thinking of 1 Peter chapter 4 in verses 3 to 5 that undergirds this and explains this dynamic. Let me read these verses. For the time is past for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality or passions or drunkenness or orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you, but they'll give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. You see the dynamic. In other words, if you are not living like the culture, like the world, you make them uncomfortable, and as a result, they will malign you, meaning they're going to be acting in anger towards you. You're going to be the focus of their anger and ultimately their hatred. Cain's anger toward God focused in on his brother, and ultimately that created a hatred toward Abel, a hatred toward everything that Abel represented, because everything that Abel stood for was an affront to Cain in his rebellion against God. That anger, that hatred, began within Abel, I'm sorry, within Cain, to make him want to do harm to his brother Abel, and eventually, of course, killed his brother Abel. That is the ultimate message coming out of the first part of the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis. Now, why did I take time to go over those? Because I don't think we can understand what's happening here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 3, unless we understand what was going on with Cain and Abel. All right, here's the point coming back to 1 John chapter 3. Cain's response to his brother Abel proved his true family ties. You remember we've been talking about family ties here. Uh, he, he proved that his family tie was to the children of the enemy the children of the devil rather than the children of God. 
Verses 7 to 10 in this third chapter have explained to us that there's really only two families, the family of God or the family of the enemy. All rebel humanity is in the family of the enemy. Whether they understand that or not doesn't change the fact. They are. All rebel humanity reflects Cain's response to God, response to his sin. In that, they also reflect the responses within Cain toward God's refusal to accept Cain on Cain's terms. Those responses of anger toward God, rejection of inner conviction, rejection of repentance, and hatred toward those who came God's way. All rebel humanity reflects that. I was thinking of two passages particularly that underscore this for us. In the Gospel of John, in the third chapter, listen to these verses, verses 19 and 20. And this is the judgment, that light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. Doesn't that show you clearly? <laughs> Human beings making the decision, they don't want the light that the Lord Jesus Christ has offered and provided, and they don't want their works revealed, and therefore they hate the light. Mankind repeats the cycle of that we saw fleshed out in Cain. Now listen also to the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 18 and 19. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. See that dynamic? Cain hated God, and then came to hate his brother. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, you're a different family now. I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Fallen humanity hates Christ and his message. Oh, they may give lip service to Jesus being a great moral teacher and, uh, you know, not always voice that hatred. But underlying it all, there is a hatred toward him and a refusal to come. They feel what Cain felt, anger toward the gospel, anger toward God and what God has shown to be the way to deal with sin. And remember, God said, uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to come to the Father but through him. Fallen man then inevitably transfers that hatred, that rejection, toward God and puts it on those who have come to God, God's way. That is always the inevitable thing. Remember again, verse 19 of chapter 15 of John. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, and I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Do you see the dynamic? That's the point. God is saying one of the characteristics of the child of God is that they are the focus of animosity and hatred from those who are not children of God. Has that been your experience? I'm certain it has, because that's always been the experience of God's people. Well, join me tomorrow as we try to put some finishing touches on these verses and draw the conclusions that God wants out of it. God bless.